1: Welcome back everybody fantasy sports today uh, right here on sports grid Joe P's appear with you here breaking down all of the games it was a very day in the NFL and it's going to be a very busy night tonight as well and the rest of the week because look we've got NBA going on major league baseball playoffs starting we've got a whole lot of things to get to and it looks like uh, my friend Dane Martinez is going to kick up here everybody just wants to visit some uh, some Joey P that's what happens everybody says Joe's on the air he's by himself you got to get Joe Pisa Pia some more fun, some more friends. That's what happens here on the network. And it's a, it's a party wherever I am, and that's just kind of the way things are. So let's look at a little headlines while we uh, see if we can get Dane to pop in with us in a second here. So uh, let's take a look at what's coming on in the new headlines and what's happening in fantasy sports and in the world of sports. Going forward for today and the rest of the week, the Miami Heat are set to face the Lakers in the finals. That's very exciting. So all those Laker fans got their wish. LeBron James and the Lakers are going to be hosting the Miami Heat, or eh, nobody's really hosting anybody, I guess, nowadays. But fascinating narrative here, as Eric Young always likes to talk about the narrative. Fascinating to see uh, what's going to go on here with uh, the Lakers and LeBron facing his old team in the Heat. So fun stuff there. We have Game 6 of the Stanley Cup Finals tonight. Uh, as well. That's very exciting news without a doubt. Uh, We've also got uh, the American League and National League playoffs starting uh, this week. So Dane Martinez, a lot of sports to get to. But first, let's talk about the NBA finals because the Los Angeles Lakers are in the finals. LeBron is there. The NBA got their guy, their star in here uh, for some ratings. And look, the Miami Heat certainly look like a formidable opponent. What's
2: your take on the Heat and Lakers as
1: the finals this year for the NBA?
2: I'm very intrigued by it, Joe. And, you know, I'm just trying to fill the quota of having as many bald-headed guys as possible in one show of FST. Big shout out to EY, of course. But honestly, I'm intrigued to see how this goes. And what I would say is that the Miami Heat have more – bodies than anybody else so far to be able to try to contend with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. We know Andre Iguodala has done this for a while, and Bam Adebayo may have been built like in All a All right, lab. so uh, we'll fix with Dane in a the second NBA. here,
1: but uh, in the meantime, let's go back and look at the rest of the headlines going on here uh, in sports because uh, certainly – one of the headlines to look forward to is what's going to go on with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the Last time a uh, Philadelphia Eagles quarterback was this bad to start a season. His name was Doug Peterson, which is ironic because he is now the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. So uh, Mike Leach also uh, wins the Death Valley. So Leach gets his first win here as head coach of Mississippi state at LSU. That was a big surprise there from college football this past weekend, but uh, you know, got to really talk about the Eagles too right now and where they're headed and what's going on because the Eagles are a team that definitely had expectations to compete uh, defensively. They haven't played great offensively mm-hmm. sporadic. There's been moments that Carson Wentz has been good moments for Carson Wentz has not been good. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on going forward. And now they are, you know, Oh, and two and one. And Dane, let's see if we got you back here. Oh, two and one is not what's exactly on, the start. The Eagles were looking forward to.
2: No, it is certainly not. But then again, who's going to run away and hide in that division if you think about it? Because I don't see Dallas necessarily doing that. And then you got some also-rans in Washington and the New York football giants. For me, honestly, Carson Wentz, I believe, has to take care of the football, but it's not going to help if he's running for his life. The offensive line in Philly used to be one of you know their strengths. And I don't know that that's the case anymore. And they're also, you know, just like last year at the end of the season, they're relying on guys like Greg Ward and others because of their mass unit, that's skill position.
1: Yeah, uh, look, it's it's good that they got Miles Sanders back healthy. Uh, that's definitely a positive for this team. There's no doubt about that. Uh, it's it's tough, though, because you look at the Cowboys, who obviously having their issues defensively. I mean, well, shootout after shootout after shootout. And it seems mm-hmm. like we're right back where we were last year, where nobody wants to win this division. Saquon Barkley was, was in a position that you thought, eh, maybe the Giants have a puncher's chance to be competitive. Washington, I don't think anybody thought they were going to be competitive this year, but still... You don't know who's the favorite for this division. Now, I would still think it's the Cowboys, the way they could score points, but they can't stop anybody defensively. So I'm kind Man. of worried about them too. I think there's enough time for the Eagles to get things right and still possibly win this division, but the
2: clock is definitely ticking right now. do not you say? Oh, absolutely. The clock is ticking. They're just lucky that there's no other team in the division that's you know going to make them pay for it. (laughs) I heard you talking with EY about that Dallas-Seattle game, and for me, that kind of game and those teams, it comes down to identity. Early in the season, I'm trying to figure out who these teams are. Seattle may let Russ cook, you know, because they have DK Metcalf on the outside now, but I wonder about Dallas. I said this maybe to you, Joe, during the draft, like, oh, you're going to add more bells and whistles and toys on the outside? What a about feeding Zeke. Now, Dak looks great and yeah. all, but they shouldn't evolve into a pass-happy team, Joe.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right, man. And there was a lot of key injuries this week, too. Again, another yeah. another week, more injuries, and the injury list gets longer and longer. I mean, luckily, it was only like one or two ACLs this week, as opposed to a right. dozen, which is, you know, what happened yeah. last week. Uh, but uh, de- definitely frustrating start here for the Eagles and their fans, no doubt about that. Now, with Nick Foles back in the conversation with Chicago, oh, ton there. And you look at the injuries real quick here. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, three Cohen out with the ACL, uh, Dallas Goddard, that <laughs> another injury, the Eagles can't ill afford Short. to have <laughs> he's doing with an ankle. He might miss some time. John Brown with the calf issue, Deontay Johnson doing a concussion potentially. So we'll keep an eye on him as the week goes on chase young, not good there. He's doing with a groin issue. Russell gauge, everybody's favorite waiver wire, darling. Uh, he right. took a shot there. He was out of this game. Deshaun Jackson with a hamstring. The Eagles are hurt. The Eagles are banged up. The rest of the NFL is banged up. But, man, the Eagles got to get healthy. The Eagles got to get right because I'll tell you what, man, Dallas might win this division by default when all is said and done. Now, another division that's really interesting this year is going to be the AFC East because it looks like the Patriots aren't done yet. So when we come back, we're going to talk about the uh, the weekend game here for Cam Newton. and The Pats don't go anywhere. More fantasy sports today right after this Everybody likes to come over and hang out with me when I'm solo. So, Dane Martinez is going to hop on with us for a little bit longer, chat a little football. And Dane, Cam yeah. Newton and the New England Patriots look pretty good this year, I got to say. This was another good victory. If you don't beat the Patriots enough in the first half of a game, you know they're always going to make adjustments and come back and be good. So, let's look at the tail of the tape in this one because it was a competitive game in the first half. And then, of course, Rex Burkhead and right. the New England Patriots took over. We all Rex had Rex Burkhead, him. six carries. Everybody had him six for 49, two touchdowns, seven receptions for 49 and a touchdown. Cam Newton was was good. It was not as dominant a performance as last week. But then again, you can't expect that every week. He only had 27 rushing yards. Oh, goodness. The sky is falling. Sony Michelle, nine carries for 117 in this one. But look, the story is definitely Burkhead, which is funny and ironic. Because on this very program last week on waiver Wire, we talked about all these running backs, all the Giants guys about lighting your money on fire with the Giants guys. I said, look, if you miss out on all those guys, I think for a week, you can get by with Rex Burkhead because, you know, probably James White's not going to play and he might get you 10 points. I thought 10, you got your way more than 10, Dane, but it's not something you can count on because we all know
2: it's the Patriots absolutely absolutely i was just recording a waiver wire thing and i'm telling people to not go to rex burkhead even though of the three (laughs) touchdowns right because touchdowns are fluky you know it as good as i do right so even a guy like t higgins or andy isabella with their multiple touchdowns i'm not on it also as you mentioned james white will be back obviously the tragedy with his parents and here's the thing for me honestly when it comes to the patriots joe and you know this better than almost anybody else the goal line back for the new england patriots is cam newton right and i mean he will continue to be that goal line he did not get into the end zone yesterday and i think that's going to be a rare occurrence right because he is the guy they will go to it was nice for rex burkhead but i would not go back to it i do however think you can hang your hat on the fact that this is the patriots identity joe this is how the patriots Mm -hmm. want to win they know they have a dearth of playmaking talent on the outside and they are going to try to beat you into submission in my opinion
1: Good vocab with you. Good vocab dearth. So everybody, when you get Dane on a show, you get good vocab. Yeah, buddy. You get the vocab word. You get that word of the day toilet paper. Good stuff here on fantasy sports today. (laughs) Not so good for the Raiders. Uh, flying high, opened the new building, everything was looking great for them, beat New Orleans, yay, but, you know, then you got Belichick. And, uh, look, Derek Carr, 281, two touchdowns, so not a terrible fantasy day for him by any stretch. Uh, Josh Jacobs was, for the most part, contained in this game, 16 for 71. Hunter Renfro had a big game, six catches for 84 mm-hmm. and a touchdown for him. And, of course, as uh, Dane likes a joke, everybody had Foster Moreau in their lineup scoring a sure. touchdown. Uh, with his two (laughs) catches there but um interesting to see Hunter Renfro getting involved in this offense a little bit Darren Waller was not 100 but this is what the Patriots do right they identify the one or two things that you have that you do really well you take at least one of them away from you whether it be Waller Jacob something like that and you have to know that even when you're starting these guys and it's something that in the DFS world I always try to bring people's attention to because I feel like they don't pay enough attention to it it's like look You know that the number one weapon probably is not going to have a good day in New England. And that's just, you know, the Belichick MO for all
2: these years. Oh, absolutely. You know, I say it all the time on air that they make you, quote-unquote, play left-handed, right? So all you got to do right. is figure out what Bill Belichick thinks is your right hand, right? And then I fade that on prop bets and, and DFS lineups all over the place, right? And I was going into this wondering if they were going to try to bottle up Jacobs or if they were going to take away the elite tight end Darren Waller, who, by the way, was banged up, as you mentioned, going into it. And, you know, what I would say coming off of this one, is don't get off Darren Waller, you know, because he was a little bit hurt. Right. He might have been the, the focus area of the Bill Belichick Patriots. But I think what we saw is much more likely that Waller's normal uh, game is much like we saw on Monday night with him getting, you know, 14 targets and being the number one option in that Raiders pass game. I wouldn't jump off of Waller, obviously, in season long. If you have him, you're keeping him. But even in DFS things, I may think right back to him in the following weeks. Well, everybody
1: is jumping on the Josh Allen bandwagon now with good reason. I mean, the guy's been a fantasy stud and Buffalo Bills hung on despite having quite a lead here. These got real dicey late, uh, but uh, a late comeback here by the bills, but a certainly good fantasy day for Josh Allen yet again, the guy is mm-hmm. the offense three hundred and eleven yards passing. what? four touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. My goodness, the bingo board was full for Josh Allen. You also had Devin Singletary, went the backfield to himself with 13 carries for mm-hmm. 71 in this one. Stefan Diggs had a touchdown. Cole Beasley had a touchdown. Tyler Croft had two touchdowns. I got to tell you, I was concerned that Josh Allen would continue to kind of be this guy that was, look, more of an athlete than a quarterback. But this year mm-hmm. – Again, when you look at the slate, you see this and you see what's going on here, all these names, when you see quarterbacks spreading the wealth, to me, this always says good quarterback play, especially when you come away with a W. So Josh Allen seems to be making strides there in the passing game. And is that something that you think he's done pretty well in 2020 out of the gate as well?
2: Yes, it is. Even Jalen Ramsey would have to admit that he's not trash right (laughs) now. Right. And so I think yes. However, I'm saying yes strongly in the way you framed the question. Okay, Joe, because I still do believe that at some point and it may not even burn his fantasy managers. Right. But it's almost like when I was looking at the Toronto Raptors. In basketball, I was like, at some point, they're going to need that closer. They're going to need that dude, right? And for Josh Allen, at some point, he's going to have to, you know, fix some of the reckless play, some of the careless mistakes. He's still trying to throw laterals while, you know, uh, rolling out. He's still trying to have offensive face masks. Remember him against Houston last year in the playoffs as well, across his body in overtime, 45-yard downfield. It'll be fine playing against the Jets and a lot of other teams at some point. I'm worried that the key mistake is going to come back and bite him in the hind parts, Joe.
1: Yeah, uh, I think that's uh, pretty spot on there. Let's look at the Rams on the other side of this game who didn't give you much out of the gate, but Daryl Henderson at least starting to look like he might be pulling away a little bit in the lead for that running back role. 20 carries, 114 and a touchdown for him. Cooper Cup had a great day. Nine catches for 107 and a touchdown. Woods, 74 yards on five receptions, and a touchdown and 321 for Goff who had a pick but two touchdowns. Look, the Rams are going to be competitive. They're going to be in games. It's going to make them very difficult, I'm sure, going forward to bet on because when you go into a place like Buffalo against a really good defense, uh, you know, and you go put up that many points, all of a sudden you become very formidable and you become very dangerous. So We'll keep an eye on that trend because so far to open the season, the Rams have definitely been one of the more dangerous teams to be wagering on or against or depending <laughs> on what the lines are. Uh, let's look at this last one here before we get out of the segment. Let's talk about the Carolina Panthers and the upset of the Chargers. This Charger defense was so good. And then what? You couldn't shut Teddy B down? Teddy B, 235. Look at this. Mike Davis, If you picked him up in PPR especially. Mm-hmm. Good day. Eight catches, 45 and a touchdown. And he had 13 carries for almost 50 yards. DJ Moore only two catches Robbie Anderson a little bit more involved but still look this one came down uh basically to the wire yet again uh and on the flip side of this one we'll try to bring up that slide of the Chargers real quick sneak that in there we got 330 yards for Herbert and a touchdown with a pick uh Eckler had 12 carries 59 yards and yeah. a touchdown 11 uh for him uh, exceptions and Keenan Allen went off. And what a great touchdown reception there for Keenan Allen and Herbert. Now, I want to talk about that play because, you know, we could take this loss and whatever, we could stick it. But let's talk about that play because that's a throw that I don't think Tyrod Taylor is making. And Herbert made it with Keenan Allen. And when you watch that throw, to me, that is the definitive moment where you go, how can you go backwards to Tyrod Taylor when you see the kid making that kind of throw in the NFL, Dane?
2: No, I think you're right, you know, and Anthony Lynn was like, oh, there's some things we see in practice. There's a reason he's the backup, but I think you're right. I think he has shown himself to be on that field. He's clearly the future for the Chargers. But can I tell you the truth, Joe? I I honestly feel bad for Tyrone Taylor. I feel bad for Terod Taylor when he was in Buffalo in the playoffs. They wanted to go to Nathan Peterman to throw five interceptions. He gets concussed with Cleveland and loses his job to Baker, and then the team doctor punctures his lung and he loses his job to Justin Herbert. I I feel bad for the man.
1: Yeah. I uh, look, he's got terrible <laughs> luck. Luckily, uh, You know, my luck is slightly better because I get to hang out with people like, yo, and talk football. Hey, You know, it could be a lot worse than that. But I, I got to tell you, a daunting game here for the Chargers to lose. You know, you play up yeah. to the competition, don't play down to them at the same time. That's never something you want out of a football team. So I know it's a rookie quarterback. And I know it's a learning curve, but they still have a chance at the very end to win that game. We come, we're gonna talk more football. We got the Cleveland Browns running the ball down people's throats, and we got a whole lot more football. Hopefully Mike blew it too. So stick around, more fantasy sports today, right here on Sports Grid. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right after this
0: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
1: welcome back everybody to fantasy sports today and my next guest is one of my favorite folks i'm actually sad that i don't get to sit next to him not even you know six feet apart or one, one foot the middle ends this year but this is as close as we're going to get because you can see when we get that double box Ooh, we we are close together as we always are he is one of the hosts here on the network of pro football today he's one of the best football minds out there and one of my favorite people in the industry mike Blewett. thanks for joining me today my friend how are you i miss you
3: i'm doing well bud i i miss you as well we're elbow to elbow right here in the double box yeah, the i don't other know elbow. which there way to go, go. and elbow yeah, it's but, all confusing uh, Opening. I know it's good. To, it's good to be on. I'm excited to do a little recapping and uh, sort of basking in the glory of a three and O start for my favorite team. Well, let's
1: do it. Let's bask in the glory here and let's yeah. talk about those Pittsburgh Steelers because yeah. they are indeed three, 0 Um, a little bit of a hit yesterday losing Deontay Johnson, but the good news for the Steelers is James Conner looked right. And that is very important for the Steelers team. You want to play defense, run the football and let big Ben be big Ben. A good game from Big Ben yesterday in terms of stats, 237, two touchdowns. You'll take that. But Connor, 18 for 109 in the touchdown. He also had four catches for 48. Benny Snell seems like a distant memory, at least for now, when Connor is healthy. Juju also had some really big-time catches in this game, and Eric Ebron caught a touchdown. So despite the loss of Deontay Johnson, despite kind of being sluggish out of the gate, Pittsburgh did rebound and put up another W against a good Texans team, I would say. I don't think the Texans are bereft of talent like some people. They just had a a tough schedule. But what did you think of the
3: performance from the Steelers yesterday and Sunday? I'm with you. Look, there's a couple of things here. I'm with you on the Texans. First of all, they had easily the hardest schedule in the league coming out of the gate. They probably played the three or three of the four top teams in the AFC coming right out of the gate, going with Kansas City, Baltimore, now Pittsburgh. Uh, All of those teams uh, actively undefeated. Clearly, we won't be there after tonight's game unless we get another tie I hope not but uh nonetheless I think that you you bring one important thing out of this game if you're a Steelers fan a Steelers backer and that's that they're down 14-3 relatively quickly so they overcome an 11 point (laughs) deficit that was in the first half they came back you're right it's not it wasn't some stats bonanza for the entire team Roethlisberger notably but Um, We see James Conner back into the fold as the number one back. I actually thought for the first time in a very long time, there might be an opportunity for there to be some market share divvied out to the other running backs. But again, not the case. They're passing to him. They're throwing to him. He's the workhorse. And that week one ankle injury that he had, it's uh, in the distant past. Yeah, it was enough to probably put the fear in God
1: of anybody who had him on their fantasy team and made them yeah. very, very concerned. But, hey, here we go. Two weeks later, looks good, looks healthy. That's hey, positive, Hopefully. Man. Yeah, man. And look, hopefully that's going to be a distant memory because, you know, what we need is James Conner to be healthy week 13, 14, 15. That, that's, yeah. you know, that that's the stretch run where you really need him. And hopefully he can make it there. But so far, looking healthy, looking good. And that's another big W. And, you know, in the inverse of this game, talking about the Houston Texans, Mike. They really have been at it. I mean, you got to open up the season on the road in Kansas City against the defending champs. Then you got to play at home against the Baltimore Ravens, who were playoff team last year with the MVP, the reigning MVP. And then you got to go to Pittsburgh and play that defense. It does not get any worse, basically. So for me, I think it's time to buy on all the Texans. It's time to buy on Deshaun Watson. Time to buy on David Johnson. Look, Will Fuller had a touchdown in this one. He's incredibly risky. Four catches for 54 for him. Cooks had a few catches. Randall Cobb got in the action with a touchdown. But to me, I think the Texans, this is the toughest part of their schedule going forward. They're going to have a lot better matchups. And I think this is one of those fantasy entities as a whole. Collectively, you might want to start targeting saying, okay, David Johnson, at least is healthy. Maybe the numbers aren't off the chart. Sean Watson healthy. All these pieces are on the field. So what do you take from the Texans in this game? Despite another loss,
3: are things starting to look up for them? I think you are leading down the path of the place that I was going to go here. You have to keep in mind that they were playing against a pretty ferocious defense. The Steelers did a really nice job adjusting uh, to the Texans in the second half. You would have thought Watson was going to have a monster day. If you're watching the first half, he ends up 19 of 27, 264, two touchdowns. He throws a pick. Uh, he got chucked out of bounds at one time, Steelers roughed him up a little bit, and that team puts more pressure on quarterbacks than any team in the entire league. They still have a little bit of a weakness at offensive line, although I think it's looking up from where it was in years past. The important thing for me about the Texans is, one thing is sure to me, and it's what I thought, it's one of the predictions I got right, and I probably will get very few right <laughs> going into the year, but... This defense just isn't what it was. And you can have some big names on there like J.J. Watt and others, but this defense is going to have a problem keeping teams mm-hmm. scoring down. And what it led me to believe going into the year is, yes, I was bullish like everybody else on Will Fuller because I thought his price was good, and I am happy to take a Kenny Stills, Randall Cobb, uh, Brandon Cook shot a little bit later in drafts. Because I'm all in on Deshaun Watson over props this year. I thought his passing props going into the year were embarrassingly low, and I thought that because I didn't think this defense is what it was. I still think they have an opportunity to make the playoffs. They're 0-3. It's a rarity, but I do give them a shot. You're right. Their schedule does ease up. They play the Jaguars twice. They got the Bengals on on there. So there are a bunch of wins still on the schedule for them. I could still see them pulling off a nine and seven, eight and eight season, which will be at least knocking on the door, if not in the playoffs.
1: All right. Uh, let's talk about the Cleveland Browns for a moment, too. This is a sure. team basically running their way now to a two win run record, and they're handling the teams that they should be handling. But Great. one of those teams obviously is Washington and a lot of Cincinnati's. So this is what you're supposed to do the Browns you're supposed to go and try to beat the teams that you think you can beat and then try to be competitive they were not week one against Baltimore we'll see next time around how that fares but Baker Mayfield you know still run that play action did throw for two touchdowns the secret sauce is running the football with Nick Chubb 19 carries for 108 two touchdowns Kareem Hunt 18 carries for 48 two receptions he had a receiving touchdown this game Odell and Jarvis Landry I feel like I don't want to say afterthoughts in this offense but the Browns so far have been successful in these last two games because they have pounded the rock, and it seems like that is the identity of the comes going forward it Should make everybody happy who's got Chubb and or Hunt on their roster. This is okay. You can have both these guys. You can be starting these guys because there's enough to go around in
3: this offense for both of them. I agree with that completely. I think this is the way for the Browns. I think their offensive line was a total disaster last year. Forget the coaching issues and other Uh, items aside, that offensive line created myriad issues for Baker and for them to consistently run the ball with both guys, although Chubb had a great season uh, last year, and Hunt was a good complement as well. But this is the way. Uh, Is it going to create problems long-term with Landry and Beckham if they're not going to get enough touches? Potentially. But I think them getting back to basics and being 2-1 and is a pretty darn big accomplishment for them. The Ravens might be 2-1 and one after tonight. You don't know what's going to happen uh, going in. But for the Steelers to be 3-0, and the Browns to be one game behind them and in the mix and running the ball that effectively is a good thing. I have my doubts long-term. I don't have them as a playoff team this year, but I don't think they're going to be atrocious like they were last year. We'll see mm. if Stefanski can keep it up uh, against stiffer competition. They still are in tight games against the Bengals and Washington. Right. That's true. Yeah. And Chase Young certainly getting hurt in this game did not help.
1: Washington football team will take a quick glance at their stats here. Twain's had 224, two touchdowns, three picks on the day. Antonio Gibson had a touchdown, nine carries for 49 for him. Dontrell Inman had a pair of scores and Terry McLaurin had four catches for 83. McLaurin continues to be A guy you could just kind of set and forget. I mean, yeah, he's limited because of the team he plays on. But in terms of the weekly floor, it always seems to show up. And the thing that doesn't seem to show up every week is the Philadelphia Eagles, Mike. We've been trying to figure this out. Dane and I just talked about it. They're becoming the theme of this hour. But, hey, let's get after it. Dallas Goddard left this game with an ankle injury. That didn't help. Carson Wentz wasn't great to start this game. Got better as the game went on. Had a nice rushing touchdown. when They were trying to get back into it. But two picks are going to kill you. Uh, you did have nine rushes for 85, as I just said, but Miles Sanders, good game for him, four catches, 95 yards rushing. That's positive. Greg Ward stepping up on a big day, scoring a touchdown. That's positive. But Sean Jackson now on the shelf, Dallas Goddard on the shelf. We'll see if we get Alshon Jeffrey back, but between injuries and spotty play, where are the Eagles for you right now? Not just in fantasy, but also in reality.
3: So they've played 38 games since they won the Super Bowl, Joe. Would you gander? Would you like to gander a guess as to how many games they've won of those 38 games? Uh, let's see. 38 games they've won, let's say, 15. You, you're, so you're a little bit more negative than I even anticipated. They're 19, 18, and 1 since they won <laughs> okay. the Super Bowl. It's a very average football team, and they're in a division where – and by the way, I believe nine of those wins have come against Washington – and the giants so against the rest of the league it's pretty brutal uh they are not beating good teams they can't beat good teams right now i was very bearish on the eagles going into this season for the simple fact that this offensive line is a disaster wentz is trying to do way too much he tried to take over the game yesterday with his legs because he's thrown now two interceptions in every game It's a huge problem. They're too banged up. Deshaun Jackson goes out yesterday, and I started him in some leagues just trying to take a shot. I thought they'd be more explosive. Uh, But right now, in reality, I think they're a mess. I'm not the fire Doug Peterson guy, but Wentz is trying to do (laughs) way too much, and his play is regressing as a result. I saw him yesterday. He was the high school quarterback trying to take over the game to try to win it, and he couldn't do it. Yeah,
1: I think that's pretty accurate. I think you nailed it. And uh there's enough time in the season to get right. Uh the Rhaegar injury is not helping either, because I think they had a lot of aspirations for him to become a, an integral part of this offense. And you can't do that if you're not playing. Uh, and it's it's tough. It's always it's always tough when you have injuries, but every team has injuries. So that's where we struggle here with the Eagles. At a certain point, you gotta step up the game somewhere. Now we come back. Mike and I are gonna talk about the flip side of this game. How did Joe Burrow look in his third contest? And are we seeing that progression from the youngster to become a, a star potentially in the league sooner than later? Well, we'll find out. Stick around. More fantasy sports today right here on Sports grid. We'll be right back right after this.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Welcome back everybody. Fantasy sports today, right here on sports grid. We're talking with Mike Blewett breaking down the tie between the Eagles and the Bengals. Nobody likes a tie. I hate ties. I don't know why we have in the NFL makes no sense to me whatsoever, but let's see what we could take out of this tie from the other side of the ball with the Cincinnati Bengals. And let's talk about Joe Burrow's performance here. And uh, look, I would say so far, Joe Burrow might be a work in progress, but it's been a lot more good than bad. Uh, You look at Joe Mixon with his 17 carries for 49, two catches on the day for him. Gio Bernard got involved. Uh, A.J. Green, again, I keep waiting for the big A.J. Green game. I thought this was going to be it. It wasn't. It turned out to be the T. Higgins game. Who saw that coming? Spoiler, nobody. Two touchdowns for him. Tyler Boyd, though, continues to be the safest guy. I mean, 10 for 125. So it seems like Tyler Boyd is the way and where you want to hit your weapon when you're talking about Joe Burrow and pairing those guys together. So, Blewett, uh, what's your take so far on the Bengals, who's obviously defensively quite lacking, but offensively, you're starting to see some pieces kind of fall together, right?
3: Yeah, I would say that this is about where I thought they might be. Uh, that defense brought in a lot of new pieces. They brought in DJ Reader. They brought in, like, five new defensive backs. But Geno Atkins and Mike Daniels were hurt to start the season – like Daniels came back yesterday, Atkins remains out. I think it's a pretty bad – it's a bad defense flat out. I think the offense had the skill positions that we like, which will help to support Burrow. I think the offensive line is improving. However, having Joe Burrow had the second most pass attempts in the league through three games is not where they should be. Asking him to throw 61 times on a Thursday night and then 44 times in the next game, in a game in which they're only scoring 23 points – that's troublesome to me. I still have doubts, even though some people were bullish on the Bengals, I have a lot of doubts about Zach Taylor being able to lead this team through all of this and beyond. Burrow is clearly a mega talent, but I just hope he's not caught in the same position as the New York teams are long-term. He's playing better than both of those guys already, but I still have some concerns if you continue to lose game after game what kind of impact that would have on somebody And there. Do they try to do too much? Do they start making mistakes? That'd be my concern for Burrow, but it looks great. And Tyler boards the guy, AJ Green, as much as I love him and as much as you love him, Uh, it's good that the targets are there, but I don't know if the ability is there anymore. In the last three years, injury plagued, he's just not the same player to me.
1: Yeah, it looks like it was a chance it was worth taking, but uh, so far it hasn't paid dividends. He becomes an interesting trade target. You know, I don't think anybody's going to cut him, but certainly out there for discussion. All right, um, let's talk about those New York teams for a moment, if we may. Uh, the Giants oh, were wait. unable to pick up a victory against the 49ers, who, you know, hardly uh, anybody left for the 49ers, and that was still a pretty handy game for them. Uh, Derek McKinnon, obviously, uh, did what people thought he would going to do, and uh, Nick Mullins played good enough as people thought Nick Mullins would. Uh, Jeffrey Wilson uh, scored his touchdown like everybody thought he would. He actually had a couple touchdowns in this game. Ayuk uh, had a touchdown as well. Um, Naheem Hines, uh, obviously, too, when you when you skip over for the rest of that game to the Indianapolis Colts and Jets. Uh, it's good to see him getting back involved a little bit. Jonathan Taylor uh, for the Indianapolis Colts was okay. Had the touchdown, at least save the day. So the Jets went to Indianapolis, you know, is exactly what I what happened. Darnold threw picks and the Jets were bad. Uh, What happened in the Meadowlands was what everybody thought would happen. So is the New York football season right now, Mike, for these two teams?
3: I mean, there's not a lot of positives here at all. Neither team can play defense. The play calling, the execution on offense is terrible. Daniel Jones is just a turnover machine right now. And Darnold looks lost. Now, granted, he's rolling out there yesterday with a skill position set that anybody would admit is well below what you should expect to have on an NFL field. Shout out to Braxton Berrios for the nice touchdown catch. But Lawrence Cager was called up off the practice squad over the weekend to play and got a whole bunch of snaps and got targets. It's just Darnold looks defeated completely. The Giants, I think, continue to have a problem at the front office level down that they just think they're better than they are. There's not a lot Mm -hmm. of talent on this team. There's virtually none defensively. And now you're working with a quarterback who you have to slow this process. It is not working for him. When the game speeds up, he's turning the ball over. And they are not good in the red zone. They can't score points at all so for him to turn it over when they're already bad enough in the red zone is a disaster they're just going to be kicking field goals the whole year yeah it it certainly looks that way and
1: Oh boy, Sam Darnold, poor Sam Darnold. You know, it's just uh, he's working a deficit there. You know, different, yeah. changes, different Graham coordinators. Gano is your,
3: Graham Gano is your guy yeah. from here on out. He's your if guy. You're in kicker's lead three for three yesterday, uh, and they're going to be kicking a ton of field goals. I, I just don't know what else to say in terms of their you know? their ability to execute the passing offense. It's not working. Well, look, you, you put a bow on it, and that's all the
1: games there. You're absolutely right, leaving on a down note. So we got to turn things around. And have some fun here. So let's play a little fantasy reality with our guest, Mike Blewett, and see what he thinks about our questions here. And we'll start here with a little baseball. Um, and I'm going to take it to you a little bit just because because uh, you're my friend, and it's fun. So let's yeah. talk about baseball. That first uh, matchup in the first round for the Yankees is going to be the Cleveland Indians, who have some pretty good pitching, including the guy who just won the pitching triple crown. Are you afraid of Shane Bieber? And will the Indians bounce the Yankees playoffs in one? Unfancy
3: reality, Mike Blewett. I think that's reality. This is as a Yankees fan. This is not a team that I wanted to play. Uh, things got pretty jammed up. There was a huge shakeup on the last day of the season yesterday. The White Sox went two and eight down the stretch in order to finish in the seven hole. I thought they were slip sliding. We might play them in the four or five. They kept sliding down. The Twins lock up the division, and the last team I wanted to play from the Central, the Indians, end up against the Yankees. As a friend of mine texted me yesterday, Tuesday is like 90% of the reason that you got Garrett Cole. And he's got to go against Shane Bieber. It's like the one guy I don't really want to pitch against. And that's it. And if Cole fails, what was the point of all of this? Yeah, it's a
1: great point. It makes you wonder. Maybe you should just give up game one and go right to two and kind of go for the split right there. It's not a terrible idea. Uh, I'm going to say also reality i i think this is just not the short series matchup you want if you're the yankees no. with shane bieber and company and jose ramirez has played out of his mind he's in the mvp conversation so this is tough the yankees have played very well i don't want to take anything away from them but still it's definitely something to uh be i would say a little worried about or trepidation at the very it's least it's the last team i yankees. wanted to
3: play it's the last I, team I wanted to play in the whole american league
1: i agree i'm with you man all right let's go to question number two Fantasy or reality? Go back to those bears here for a moment, if we may. Fantasy reality. Mike Blewett, Nick Foles will be the quarterback for the rest of the season for Chicago. What say you?
3: No way. Definitely not. Uh, I, I think. <laughs> I think. I think there's obviously an opportunity. He he often gets banged up, and I'm not going to sit here and predict injuries. But I think the way of Nick Foles is that. He's actually amazing in those types of spots. He has an ability to rescue teams for short periods of time. Uh, Accepting his one year under Chip Kelly with the Eagles where he had the uh, 27-2 split, I don't think that he can do this consistently. This 3-0 team is definitely a smoke and mirrors 3-0 team. Their defense is really good. These comebacks have been pretty crazy in a couple of instances, but I just don't know that Folds is going to rip off 13 successful starts in a row without getting injured. I hope he does, but I can just see Trubisky coming back in here at some point, Even, even though it means that you've made a horrible mistake uh, and you'll have to figure <laughs> something out after the season. By signing Foles to all that money, you made a horrible mistake, and now you're committed to another guy that you don't really want.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say fantasy, too. I, I just – somehow Trubisky's going to work his way back in there. I mean – it's difficult because you're winning games, and that's the whole thing where this is so bizarre in the first place. How many times do we have a controversy with, with a team that's undefeated? That never happens. Yeah. Usually, it's well, a team is yeah. two and two, or a team is one and three, or something like that. Now, three and zero. Who starts out to three and zero? And they're like, you know what? We need a change at the quarterback position. That does not happen very often. So we'll keep I would actually eyes like to be wrong on this. this I'd actually yeah. like to be wrong on this show, but I think it's fantasy. I, you know what? I, I kind of agree with you. I just think one way or another, Trubisky worms his way back in there somehow. All right, last one. It's another football one, and maybe this is a hot take. We'll find out in a second here. But fantasy reality to Mike Blewett: No one can catch Russell Wilson for the NLM. Excuse me, the NFL MVP. Too much baseball today. The clogging. So no one can catch Russell Wilson for NFL MVP. Fantasy or reality, Mike Blewett. Hmm.
3: <laughs> it's He's early pondering. to say it's He's early thinking. to say rea- it's early to say reality but I actually thought the Seahawks would go to the Super Bowl this year that was my preseason mm-hmm. prediction and that Russ was going to be the MVP so Ooh, you and I say, were in
1: lockstep there blew it because I I'll I was saying say the reality. Seahawks win this division and he wins the MVP I was with you too. see great minds they think alike you and I are both yeah. like that I, I was going to say reality too uh, I, I'll say reality, there are guys who I can think,
3: Yeah, I think Mahomes can obviously catch him if they're ripping, if they're murdering their division again. I think he can catch him. And but when it comes to awards voting, and you and I have talked about this openly before, I, I'm not a huge awards person because it, it drives you nuts when you see how people mm-hmm. vote, and you think it doesn't make a lot of sense. But this is typically about narratives. And the narrative of him, I've never received an MVP vote. And now he's got the most touchdowns through three weeks. They're going to win the division, overtaking the Niners, who are obviously banged up. But I think if the Niners are fully healthy, the Seahawks were going to win the division. And they'll potentially do all of this, maybe be a one seed. All of that adds up to, all right, let's finally give Russ his due. And he wins the MVP. Mahomes could get it. Lamar Jackson could be in the mix, but I think Russ is way out in front right now, based on narrative and production combined.
1: Yeah, I think Rodgers is in the mix too, with the way the Packers are played. I Fair mean, point a big wins there, you know. And and yep. um, that's me saying it. I'm not the big fan of Aaron Rodgers necessarily, but hey, I got to give him credit. Beat Minnesota in Min- beat New Orleans in New Rogers Orleans. That resume tour
3: is impressive,
1: isn't it? Though, I mean, who saw that Man. coming? I got to tell you, I, 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 I I'm shocked, but. Just goes to show you, don't piss the old man off. That's what happens. All right, real quick, I know we're almost up against it. Who you like in tonight's game
3: there uh, with the uh, Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs? I felt like a lot of people are going with the Ravens, so I'm going the other way. I'll take the Chiefs in a tight one here. Yeah, I'm with you. I like the Chiefs as well, so I'm going to go on the other side. Mike
1: Blewett, you can always catch him and the whole gang. Uh, Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. Eastern, taking you through pro football today, getting you ready for everything you need to know for your wagering Sunday. Mike, this has uh, been far too short. It's always great to Absolutely, sit and talk mate. football with you. Uh, continue all the great work you're doing here on the network. Love to be chatting with you, and I appreciate your time, as always, my dear friend. So my Mike salute us. to you when we come back. sports. That's right. We'll be right back. Fancy Sports today right after this.
0: SportsGrid.com: Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips, 24/7, as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: All right. Hope you enjoyed the last two hours of the football fun. I'm a little baseball in as well, because we're full service here. It's. Sports grid. Hopefully, tomorrow, our good pal Craig Mish back and uh, we'll be back to normal. So, uh, we'll definitely talk to Craig about that Marlins victory and that playoff appearance for the Marlins. I can't imagine how excited Mr. Mish is for that. I'm sure he's going to have a lot of thoughts and feelings about the ring of the ba- baseball. Season, of course, the beginning of the baseball playoffs. So, probably a little bit of baseball tomorrow would be my guess. A little bit of AA too as we, uh, we turn the page to the polls and more football and all the fallout from May. Which is one of the best games we're going to get here. We're going to get it on Monday Night Football. What a throwback fun thing. I, I hope that uh, Maynard and Howard Cohen and whoever else would get back in. That'd be fun. <laughs> you get uh, everybody uh, over in the booth or Monday Night Football again. The new day, I gotta, gotta say, I, I don't mind them so much, uh, but uh, we'll continue to uh, keep an eye on that game. Is this a huge. Fantasy implications, huge real football implications as well. But as we always like to do here, we put a button on things on Fantasy Sports Today with the Sports Grid 60. So let's do it right now. And yesterday, there was a in the NFL. For King, from Washington Redskins, who is a coaching intern. Callie Brownson, who is a Cleveland coach on the sidelines. And Sarah Thomas, as an official, a time official in the NFL, first time, had two in coaching for NFL franchise on the field at the same time, and also a female official, which I gotta say is pretty cool. It's not so much about diversity, it's about presentation and good things. We representation. It makes all feel like we're a part of the game and men aren't the only people of the game of football. In fact, last night preparing for this show, my daughter was reading me this for all the show boards to make sure we got all the graphics right. And it's nice to have a little help and understanding You know the difference between a, a rushing attempt and and a catch and all these things. It's great to be able to look up at the screen and say, hey, take a look. Here's some guidelines, too. This game is not just for men. It's for everybody. And I thought that was a pretty cool moment yesterday, not just for the NFL, but for all of the female fans out there of this great game. So those are my thoughts on that. And uh, we'll get more thoughts of mine tomorrow and more of Craig Mishes as well. Uh, once again, uh, a lot to break down from yesterday. We had, of course, the Bears changing quarterbacks going to 3-0. and We had a tie and the Eagles still scuffling with Dallas boys who they can score points, can't play defense. Also see the foul for that same thing. The Cleo's look like they're just going to run, run, and then run some more, and that might be a good recipe for some victories. The Houston Texans, hopefully going forward, are going to catch a break here with their schedule. And uh, in terms of football in New York, oof, it might be done. It might be done for the New York football fans. I'm sorry, everybody, but uh, I know it's a long season, but it's going to feel real long pretty soon. I want to thank Mike Blewett, Dave Martinez, and of course Showtime Eric Young for joining me on the program, and Brett Lee helping me for me don't worry goes on for everybody here at sports grid i'm joey p we'll see you next time kids
0: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid SportsGrid.com.